Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Autocar Podcast, My Week in Cars, with me, Matt Pryor, and him, Stephen Cropley. Hello, Steve. Matthew, how are you? I'm really well, mate. Thank you. Yeah, very well indeed. Thank you. Uh, over the next half hour or so, Steve and I are going to be expanding on our respective Autocar columns. Yours is A Week in Cars. Mine's Tester's Notes, which means we're talking uh, electrifying colours, aspiring journalists, Jaguar Land Rover leadership, and much, much more besides, including, as ever, your correspondence. You can write to us. Email us autocar at haymarket.com or you can uh, find Steve or I's email addresses in the mag. Uh, you can find us on the social channels. So let's start with a bit of correspondence, Steve. I've had an email from somebody, uh, a, a message from somebody who would rather be anonymous and he uh, lives in Asia at the moment. Um, if I give the country away, it will be too obvious who he is because he's reasonably well known in the industry. And he says, don't want to say this publicly, but for Jaguar Land Rover's new boss, how about one Andy Palmer? Wow, it's an interesting thought, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Who is formerly uh, head of Nissan and Aston Martin, of course. Yeah. Yeah, and things haven't necessarily taken a massive upturn since he was turfed out of Aston Martin. No. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, as we know from our own dealings with him, he was fantastic from our point of view because he was a, he understood the need to communicate with, through us to the buyers. Mm-hmm. He was a very good explainer, I always thought. Yeah. Um, and I think he he knew the business, and and I mean knew the business very well. And and he, you could argue that he was brought undone by the investors in the company who just wanted their return and insisted yeah. that the uh, that Aston Martin should be listed. And it's it not actually his fault. Yeah. Um, now this may be me trotting out my usual naivety, but but I think the thing was listed because the the existing shareholders wanted their money back and mm. they did get their money back plus a lot and they still hold quite a decent slice of the company so yeah. um, um he was he was a bit of a um fall guy and was he was pressured into the price that it was listed at in the, the shares were listed at in the first yeah, i don't place. i, so I, I lot, don't know enough about no, that but not it, sure i do but yeah and also i think the the other thing that people will say is that he he may have been a full guy, but he but he fell with you know sort of twenty or thirty million quid in his lap, so <laughs> it, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. So I've uh, what I remember about his time at Aston was during the DB11 launch in particular, and he was laying out the what they called the second century plan, which was seven models, I think six or seven models, and they would each have a six or seven year life cycle, and at the end of it, 
they would be replaced with you know the, their equivalent so you would have a, a front-engined sports car that would last seven years and you'd re eventually replace it with another that struck me as a pretty sound plan in terms of a model lineup and i liked that as a as a as a as an idea and i don't know whether I mean, i'm not entirely sure what aston's model plan is going forward but that seemed to me to be a very straightforward sensible as he said at the time it's not rocket science you know you build a car you get the money from it and you've got a long a big enough range that it pays for the development of the next lot yeah and, and he I, was also gonna i mean he was introducing the mid-engine models which was mm. quite a um a chore or oh, not a chore it quite a, a, a task wasn't it so yeah. i think he's pretty creative bloke I, I i um i could imagine i mean i think he'd he'd have trouble possibly with the headhunter i don't know mm. but we'll see yeah i mean anyway it's uh, i mean he might not even want to do it who knows then he might not ask him he well he leads do a it good life so on now, and so forth he? yeah but anyway it was struck me as yes thank you for the email uh bloke in the business who is not andy by the way <laughs> and um but uh yeah which i thought was interesting uh so if we talk your column we could move on to that you've one of the bits in your column this week you've had a bit of grief from the the listener have you about uh, the listener and the reader about your thoughts on jlr recently yeah well i i I, in typical style, you know, when Bolloré's um, uh, radical plan, reimagine, was first announced, I remember thinking, wow, this is exciting. You know, it'll throw up all kinds of stuff that we never thought of. And Jaguar was always progressive anyway. And, and how amazing to see Jerry McGovern, who has been so successful with Land Rovers, um, apply skills to Jaguar and all the rest of it. And, mm. and that, I think those sorts of things are all still valid. It's just that time presses and also I I'm scared of the I suppose I'm scared of the um, the price range they're going into because you know it would seem to me to to ditch the the idea of um, trying to fight with the BMW 3 series in favor of expensive Jaguars at the top end is good mm. but to 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 sort of disen to completely move outside the the established price range of the, of your buyers up to now seems Mad and the, but the point that this gentleman that who contacted or several gentlemen that contacted me made was that I was I said, <clears throat> wow, isn't this great at the time? And just a week or two ago, I was saying, oh, do I don't, <laughs> well, know about I don't know this. about that. Well, I you know the the sign of a I can't remember which politician says it, but the the sign of a mature argument is to change your mind when the facts, you know, change your argument when the facts. Yeah, change, you know? I well I just think. Do you think they have a fair point? Well, I the the unhealthy thing. Is is that, that nobody has communicated anything? And yeah. if 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 I were doing something as radical as this, or if most people were doing something as radical as this, I think they would try and take us along with it. Mm. You know, few concepts, even a few, even just sort of stand up and say, "Here's a here's a bit of a timeline," or "Here's how we're going," or "Here are the people we've hired." You mm. know, and there's been a big silence. The the part of the problem I think is there inability to communicate they do not have the normal comms strategy that it seems to me that the people whose job is to tell you what's going on in the company are not just mute they're actually powerless mm. and you cannot run i don't think the biggest car company in britain without a, a proper comms strategy nobody else would do it like that and it's i think it's quite naive yeah so they Instead of playing the dead bat, they need to, the, from the management down, they need to have a, a, 
a policy of, of telling people what the hell's going on. They are going to try and get people to engage with them on the product, aren't yeah. they? And this stuff's got to come right from the top, hasn't it? Does exactly. absolutely does, and we're not even sure who the top is. Yeah. Bring back Andy, I say, <laughs> or you know, dare I say, you know, somebody like Adrian Hallmark be perfect. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, he's got such a wonderful gig that he yes, he wants a space. So also, he's, like you know, he's matey with the Porsche family and yeah. all the rest of it. Yeah, I just yeah. don't see him yeah. uh, moving his his uh, you know desk contents down no, the, down no. the road. Yeah. Uh, on a lighter note, I mean literally lighter note, mate, your um, your column starts with some thoughts about car colours. Oh yeah, because you've got what colours? Just Astra. You've you're it's now called running? Electric Yellow. It's an mm. electric. It's a an Astra PHEV. I swapped my much loved one point two triple for this PHEV, which isn't a nice car. Still got the same, I think, suspension um, advantages. You know, quite quiet over bumps, nice damping, all that. But the thing is, it looks pretty bright. And mm. um, I was just taken with the fact that they've called it electric yellow rather than some convoluted ni- name that leaves you none the wiser. You know yeah. that? Uh, champagne for the old uh, Metro and Southern, which was, was pretty beige, wasn't it, really? But, yeah, and there was, there was a, I can remember, well, you know, you find a lady's shoes, camel, you yeah. know. What the hell is camel? <laughs> but yeah, electric yellow, that's pretty, um, yeah, that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? I know yeah. what that means. I know what that's going to look like. And so I think the last time I received some press release about this, as you occasionally get, eight out of ten cars in the UK were black, white, or somewhere in between on the silver or grey scale. So yeah. not, I mean, I know people do it because it sells on more easily afterwards, they think, but that's a lot of monochrome, isn't it? It is, it is. It was funny when I sort of thought I would take some sort of a photograph to to show off the, <clears throat> the fact that this colour was a bit more urgent than some of them, mm. I, I thought, well, I'll find some some drab cars and, you know, I'll keep my eye out. Except I didn't have to keep my eye out. Oh. I looked, I sort of turned through 90 degrees. There were these two sort of, sort of completely pallid, boring SUVs yeah. parked in a car park across the road. And mm. I bunged the, the um, Astra in between them and it shone out, of the, it out of the middle of them. I bet it did. It is easy, isn't it? If, I think if you look through any... Industrial estate, trading estate, car park. If you just look down at what the company cars are, so many of them are just, you know, shades of a thing. Yeah. And I haven't written about this, and you haven't written about this, but here's a question I was thinking about the other day. If I lined up in profile uh, 20 or 30 of those SUVs in a, in a similar colour, a similar beige colour, uh, so you couldn't necessarily see the badges, and they were all sitting there in profile, how do you think you would get on at recognising them? I would not get on at all well. No. I, I, I <clears throat> it, it horrifies me actually that how often I find I have to have a look at a badge to mm. find out what something is because they're, they're, they're alarmingly similar. Now, as soon as you say this to a designer, they say, ah, yes, look at the cars of the 30s, they were all the same. Look at the cars of the 50s, oh, okay. they were all the same. Mm. And to some extent that's true, but the, the cars that we... We fasten on the cars we write about are the, I think, are the highly recognisable ones. Mm. So you know, BMW i3, we know what that is. Taycan, you know, yeah. unmistakable. 911, unmistakable. Mm. I think the job is to be unmistakable. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I think it's a really interesting point. And I and I'm the same with you. I would once have known uh, when I started in this job and before I started in this job. Certainly, if somebody said, 
what name name every car in that manufacturer's lineup and what they cost, and I would have been able to tell you pretty well. You know, yeah, okay. The the Ford range starts with this and it finishes with that, and it costs between that and that. And if you told me to name every Mercedes Benz and what they cost today, I would really struggle with a lot of them. And I and I was worried it was me, you know, because it's hey, I do this for a living because I should know all of this stuff. Yeah. But there's just too many of them, and I'm not sure. Uh, and I Christ, I don't know. Well, everything's become so much more expensive recently that I would be a way off on some of them. Yeah. I'm sure. I think, in fairness, this would. I think even the people in the company, to some extent, may 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 uh, because it, there are three times as many Benzes as there yeah. used to be, of course. Yeah, and I did once get in an MPV from a large uh, German company, a people people carrier, as we once called it, and I was with. I'm not going to name them because it's again too obvious, too uh, too embarrassing. But they with a communications expert from said company and we started our talk of our, our uh, transfer from the airport to the uh, factory and um, he made several allusions to what the car was as uh, on the trip over and we got out and it was a different model to the one he thought we were in so oh yeah so it's not easy is it I, but I'm but those things remind me that maybe it's not just me yeah you know, maybe it's not just me but no. yeah not enough color and yeah not enough uh, I mean, I suppose you'd mo- I suppose you'd know most BMWs were a BMW in here these days. There yeah. is that to be said for them. That's true. Yeah, and Porsches and, and yeah, yeah and, and I think Land Rovers in truth. Mm. The the it, I think the thing the, the thing we should take out of this is that the people who do manage to produce ranges that are unmistakable have have pulled off a pretty decent achievement mm. because the the rest of them show that converging on the same car is. Is a problem, and it's probably they're led to it by aerodynamics and weight, yeah. and yeah. you know packaging, and where mm. the donkey has to go in the nose, and all the rest yeah. of it. And and so it isn't easy. No, it's not. No, we'll probably touch on this again later. I think actually, um, but let's move on to your next column item first, which is Tuesday a trip up the Fossway to Coventry, and basically a bunch of students who are shaping up to do. My job yeah, much better than me. <laughs> no, <laughs> They'll know the difference no, between, a Q, could, mate, between no, a Q3 and a Q, could. an Audi Q3 and a Q5 without <laughs> without having to look at the badge. Yeah, I think they'd have the same trouble, frankly. Um, no, this is just pure self indulgence. I, mm. I, fifteen years ago, I managed to persuade the authorities of Coventry University to start a postgraduate course in automotive journalism. It still remains the world's first and only. Mm. Um, there are other plenty of other journalism courses, but these people. Um, specialise in automotive journalism and we both know people quite a lot now who've been through it and have got jobs in our business and yeah. they're the ones that will push us out eventually probably will push me yeah, out not you be there. no they no, are me too me too <coughs> and, I, I uh, believe it but, it, but you know I just go up there and harangue them and, and you know the, the, it's always the same stuff different people same stuff you know mm-hmm. I will say the same thing learn to write really important mm-hmm. learn the technology um, because the young people don't understand this, but when they move into an office, they will be the people who understand the tech, and all the all the farts won't. <laughs> so if you, as somebody you, who's just failed to get a podcast suite working, mate, yeah, I know I, I could have done with uh, your average twenty three year old who knows a lot more about. Well, this you're stuff an artiste. Me. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't have. Well, I mean, where is I can't work under these conditions, mate. Where is my tech? <laughs> Actually, for the for the benefit of this now, I did just ask somebody for the eye from from tech, and he just has shrugged his shoulders as he well. Said, well so it's not just me. I did it. I, I unplugged it and plugged it back in yeah, just like yeah. he did. So, yeah. yeah. So, but I I always say the same thing that 
learning to write, you know, well in in the journalistic idiom is is mm. is really important. I always equate it to to being like putting your mum in the back of a Rolls Royce. She'd never be able to engineer the car, but sure as hell she knows it's a good car. Mm. And that I think is is the judgment of people who read make. They, they can easily tell good writing from bad. They don't, you know, and your job is to deliver people to the last line and that's sort of my diatribe every year when I go and talk to these students. Do they do more uh, sort of broadcast training than they would have yes. done 14, 15? Years? They have a, up there, they have a, they have both radio and television studios. Oh, okay. And they are also pretty good at, they, they were a little slow adopting, but they became good at, um, you know, computer web-based stuff too. Mm. So, I mean, I think the fact that quite a lot of them have made it into our job show mm. that shows that they um, they learn the right stuff. Yeah. And how many how many do it every year? Uh, anything from half a dozen to a dozen. Okay. And we we calculate that in fourteen years, I think it is there are one hundred and twenty in the job. Oh, interesting. Well, one hundred and twenty, not all journalists, but parallel mm. jobs, PR, marketing, mm. you know, but. Things where you're informed by journalistic yeah. ability. Yeah. So I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm pleased with that. Good. Yeah, that is a cool thing. Yeah, I mean, like you, mate. I know I have mates and colleagues who have done it, and yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a nice thing you've done. Oh, that's cool. Right, we're going to take a short uh, break for some adverts, and we'll be uh, right back. Don't go away. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So welcome back to My Week in Cars with me and Steve Cropley. You can write to us. Uh, you can email us, autocar at haymarket.com. And somebody has done that. Steve, this has got to be the second anonymous email of the day. I don't <laughs> like doing this, but it is but it is important uh, for reasons that may become obvious. So it's about um, a slightly recurring theme, which is the Citroen Zara Picasso, <laughs> which I still maintain. I'm sorry to go on about it, but I still maintain, despite no scientific evidence, that it is the worst driven car in the UK. So... I moved to write after reading some of your columns about the Citroen Zara Picasso. Says uh, a man from Dorset. Let's leave it at that. He says I was driving to work one morning about seven years ago, um, and uh, going from a thirty mile an hour speed limit to a sixty mile an hour limit on a twisty section of road, um, and I was approached from behind by a Zara Picasso, who, as soon as we were freed from the thirty, overtook me and the Jaguar that was in front of both of us and floored it. Pulled back in, in front of the Jaguar, but rather too quickly. Struck the near side verge, oh. then veered back across the carriageway, struck the curb <laughs> on the offside. Narrowly missing another oncoming car. The Jaguar dodged around it, carried on. 
uh, as she be- as the driver began to crash. Picasso and the driver ended up bouncing from the offside back onto the nearside verge and up a grass bank, uh, where it finally came to rest on the roadside. But anyway, the short of it is the emergency services, all three of them arrived, cut the roof off the car to extract the driver. Uh, and uh, our correspondent, who happens to work for Dorset Police, uh, oh. was, was stuck within the cordon for quite some time. So um, anyway, it turns out that uh, after a re-education course, the driver did not think they were entirely at fault at the time. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to use that as my, as, as that's it. That's my, enough anecdotes, <laughs> surely, are evidence, aren't they? Is the, ah, they are. Is, they is, are. Is, I can't remember whether the phrase, a plural of anecdote, isn't data or it is. Uh, but either way, I mean, surely if you get enough people Have saying it your yes, way, it's mate. Probably, Have I'm way. going with it. But I tell you what, I, I think the, I'm, I'm not quite sure, because my memory deserts me, how uh, old the Zara Picasso is, but I think it is looming, looming large on the horizon as a candidate for the Festival of the Unexceptional in due oh, time. Oh, yeah. I yeah, think that's a great show. I think a nicely set up Zara Picasso could be a bit of a trophy. There's it? a real nice feature about the Zara Picasso, and I'm not sure how many of them still retain it, but if you open the boot, there's a, a folding sort of shopping box inside, which folded up and clipped to the inside of the boot. And I would imagine that's one of those very rare things like finding a... Um, I don't know, finding some old action man that's still boxed or something like that. You know, the box is in perfect condition. I imagine it's something like that. But yeah, that would be, yeah, nice. It's oh, is uh, it not on your list, is it, Steve? Of well, I'm not I know sure it's li- old enough. So, yes, you're looking for a potential car to take to the Festival of the Unexceptional. Yes, yeah, so the the um, the uh, the Suzuki X90 was, mm. it was the, you know. Oh, yeah. So that was, it's in the age group. They cost about two and a half grand. Mm-hmm. They never go wrong, of course, being a Suzuki. And, right. and uh, they're, it's one of the most ridiculous cars ever built. So, so. <laughs> but can you find them? Yeah, in the right yeah. I'd look on eBay, you know, when we were rattling about this before, and mm. uh, and I found two or three, two oh, and a half cool. grand. Oh. Looked good. Do, Didn't they, buy them mysteriously. No, funny that. Do they get modified? Some of them get modified for off-roading, presumably. I think it's but, it's the sort of Jimny type that get the big wheels and the right. lifted up and all that kind of thing. No, and the X ninety is just one of those cars that I think it lives a life while people wonder why the hell they bought it. Yeah, I tell you what, I do like of that era is an original Toyota RAV4, the short one. Oh, I think good. they look terrific. I yeah. think they look really they, good. They look better and better. They Don't you find that... I watch them, and, they, and they're and they so agile, because they, they, they're short wheelbase, mm. quite small now in today's yeah. terms. Yeah, they all zip about. I can remember at the time, we we shouldn't say I remember, but I do, and, um, that they... They were, you know, people went on about the, you know, the lifted up sports car. It was quite a zippy little motor. Oh, it was. Yes, there was a, uh, I know publish, other publishers don't exist, but yes, I, there used to be a magazine called Performance Car, which I read in my youth, and I have a feeling that there was a, they did a RAV4 against some other sporty, you know, quite a diverse group test when you, when you get that sort of car and you think, what the hell do we test this against? Because at the time, I don't suppose there was very much. You just pick a price point and go, well, do you have one of those? Do you have a Vauxhall Tigra? Do you have a, yeah. I don't know, Master MX-5? Do you have a whatever? Ford Pure or Ford something. Pure. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. Um, well, I'm still intrigued, mate, what you're going to get for the festival, photo festival of the unexceptional. Yes. Yeah, I'm still <laughs> intrigued um, by this. It, it, it tends to, to sort of go on the back burner mm. until... You know, the first quarter of next year when I start thinking about it. And the, the, the big choice is 
you know, some people say, oh, Talbot Horizon, that's what you need. Yeah. But that's a classic to me. Yeah, that's too yeah, old. Yeah. Yeah. You need you need something with with zero image, mm. but but amusing. And the cars do have a phase, don't they? They go through a, a, a phases of being new and appealing, and then they it wanes a bit, and they go through a really sort of naff sometimes phase. Yeah, there's a big U And then they bend. come out the other side, don't they? Yeah. Out of the U-bend. Out of the U-bend, yeah. So <laughs> what's coming out the other side is maybe, I'm thinking at the moment, would be something like an early Ford KA is now becoming... One of the that winners sort of, last year was oh, a really? lovely early Ford KA, and oh, the, you know all the um, all the difficulties with that car because it had some surprising rust issues mm. and you know funny suspension going wrong and things. But, but this guy, young person, one of the joys of the Festival of the Unexceptional is that very many of the entrants are young people. Oh, interesting. And this this was just a bloke of twenty or something, and he yeah. had this superb Ford KA, which is a Masterpiece, anyway, to me. Yeah, great. I just look at that dashboard and I yeah. think, who had that idea? What a clever person. Mm, yeah, I think a terrific small city car. What a great car. Yeah. What a shame that we. I mean, so you could launch that today, I think, and in a lot of ways, think that that was a terrific. And drive it thing. today. Drive it. Yeah, I bet you it steers nicely still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going slightly off car topic, but I want to mention it. Our editorial director and our managing director, Jim Holder and Rachel Prasher, respectively. Where are they? Well, they're halfway. They're either on top of or halfway down or something. Mount Kilimanjaro, yeah. which happens to be the tallest mountain in Africa, in Tanzania, and they're raising money for Ben, which is the motor industry charity. Keeps a lot of people, um, you know, warm and dry and looked after. In you know, at the point where they need such things. And and I think just to do this thing, they've already raised something like ten k, and they're wow. trying to. Um, do more so uh, you know that anybody that would want to know them or doesn't know them and wants to support them could do that just mm. by finding the Ben website. Yeah, Ben um, Motorsport, uh, uh, motor, motorsport motoring sort of benevolent fund, isn't it for for the twenties? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty easy to find if you search online. You'll find them. Yeah, we haven't heard. Any news, have we? So, no. I mean, I don't suppose there are too many phone lines to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. But no, I don't suppose the I don't suppose Jim is proofing pages or anything like that <laughs> while he's up there. Is he? But, um, no, yeah, be interesting to making decisions. Not about, driving uh, a lot of cars either. No, exactly. No, but yeah, and uh, the link is also in your column, uh, isn't it? Which it is. is in the yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So go to that if you uh, fancy supporting that. Can we talk my column for a sec? Yes, sir. So yeah, because last week I talked about the Toyota Prius plug-in hybrid, which was announced and then immediately announced that it wasn't coming to the UK, which I thought was a shame. And as a slightly flippant throwaway comment towards the end of the column, I said it looks like one of those generic cars that you could put in a computer game. Have you come across Grand Theft Auto in your time? You uh, not I have. I, I'm not a big gamer, to no. be honest, because I'm not even a card player. I'm not even a Scrabble player. Right? Mm. I just, I'm just no good at that stuff. Yeah. But. Well, I've had kids of the right age in the last 15 years or so. So... Uh, I have come across it, and it's a it's this a long-standing sort of game franchise where you play various different different gangsters as they try to climb the greasy pole in the gangster world, and, and, and until they have financial independence and don't have to worry about being shot so much anymore. <laughs> anyway, you can nick a lot of cars in in the in the game, and uh, or buy some or whatever, and modify them, and so on and so forth. And um, unlike a racing game where manufacturers will hammer down the door and say. We'd love to be. We'd love to be in Gran Turismo. We'd love it if you'd get an authentic replica of uh, 
of our sports car and yeah, you know with the right TVR noises and the right handling yeah. yeah exactly yeah and fairly funny enough a quick aside I saw um, Richard Meaden the journalist this week who once made the lightest possible Caterham 7 he could and it came in at 390 kilos wow which is, which is sensational and he reminded me that Gran Turismo uh, I think we think Gran Turismo 4 digitised it took it to Milbrook Proving Ground digitised it completely listened to the noise took loads of photos and modelled it for the game, so you could drive his car in the wow. in the game, which is pretty. What engine was in that? He had a Fireblade engine, a fire, Honda Fireblade bike ah, engine okay. in that. So yeah, yeah, very light. And he even had the live axle because it was lighter than the Caterham's to yeah. be on rear end. But yeah, he said it was like nothing else. It was so little inertia. Yeah. I'm not sure it's you know it needed a small racetrack to come into its own. But yeah, what phenomenal. Lightness that is 390. It had no screen, no doors, yeah, no sequential else, gear change, yeah, 10 grand yeah. rev line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it I must have been a real hoot. Must have been a real hoot in very specific conditions. Yeah. And terrible in fact, more than 10 grand. They put fire blades, 12 yeah, I think, or something. Uh, yeah, I think he thought it was at least 11, I think. So, yeah. But anyway, I digress slightly. Yeah, so Grand Theft Auto doesn't have manufacturers hammering down the door because it's such an immoral game with so much gore, <laughs> violence. And, you know, so they just. so they it doesn't happen but there are cars in it that sort of look like other vehicles so there's a motorbike that looks very much like a harley but isn't so it's called a western motorcycles bagger and there's a stuff that looks like a ford gt there's an audi a6 look-alike ish looks a bit like an a6 and it's got the sort of four diamond logo and it's called the obey four rather diamond. than the audi which i like a great deal so there's a great deal of humor in it and i thought well the new prius could sit in something like that and I suddenly thought well actually maybe the designer of the Prius would think well that's a bit of an insult you're suggesting our car looks like a generic thing but I don't mean it as an insult at all actually because if you design a car as we've alluded to already in uh, earlier in the podcast you've got to worry about you know that packaging that frontal area you know, yeah. where the, where the, where the engine's got to go in the front lights. you've got to yeah. worry about the crash thing you've got to worry about rear headroom and I was reminded when God, sorry, I'm reminding and remembering as well. That's bad, isn't it? But anyway, Ian Callum came into Autocar's studios when the XF was launched, and he said it was a real fight to get this roof line to this position um, because it's hard to do with this material stiffness and blah blah blah. And the boot was here, you know, and it, but it was really important for designers to win that argument effectively. And I suddenly thought, well, of course, if you're in a computer game, you don't have designers and engineers don't have to have this argument about packaging and uh, crash structure and whatever. No. So actually, the fact that I think the Prius would sit rather nicely as a generic dashing hatchback in a computer game is a compliment that it looks that good. That no, you could, I get the point. You're just I think free you're right. of all those restraints. You know, yeah, you just go, yeah, that could look great in there. So anyway, yeah. and that's it does look it it does look uncompromised. I, yeah. I, that I share your disappointment about that car. We, you know, I think we ought to, um, you know, register our um, displeasure. Register our displeasure that it's not coming to the UK. Yeah, and it's not coming because uh, Toyota CHR exists and everybody's buying crossovers. Yeah, actually, that's not a bad looking crossover, to be fair. It's quite no, a good looking car. No, no. I probably could tell that apart from some. Well, that is a point, isn't it? That yeah. is a that's a car with highly individualistic, mm. for sure. Yeah, and I think we've got time for one more bit, mate, which is the and finally in your column which I haven't seen because it alludes to um, a photograph I've not seen yet and it, but it's uh, it's festive related I understand um, I can't remember what we're talking about oh well it, there's an and finally in your column and the things have turned in your household to uh, 
what, oh, was, it like? yes, what was it like for yeah, Christmas? Yeah, and there's yeah, a, that's right. Apparently oh, there's a photo, which I've not seen, so I don't know what it is. No, but, sorry, but if you're having any ideas about what you'd like, what what shall I get properly for Christmas? Right, well, it's, it's marvelling, really. But, <laughs> but the thing is, I just happened to stop at a service area. There was a, you know, the usual grey SUV parked right outside the one of those Costa, you know, booth things. Hmm. Or it might be Starbucks, I can never tell the difference. But parked right next to it was a superb, lovely little... Um, Fiat 500 Nuova black plate, you know, mm. um, original or not an original 500, but the but the post-war 500, mm. 60s 500, mm. <clears throat> and it just looked so beautiful. I, you kind of forget how because of the way it fits in the car park space, you just forget how tiny cars used to be. Yeah. And I just made this flip remark that the steering committee might see this photograph and think, <laughs> I'll buy him a car. I'll buy him not? a 500. <laughs> Why not? God, that would be a decent Christmas present. Would be, wouldn't that it? Would be, yeah, yeah that would be pretty good. I'm not yeah, holding my breath. Pretty... No, I wouldn't hold that. I, having I already said it. that what I really want is a wallet and some socks, you know, I think uh, I think um, the, the, possibly the Nuova 500 yeah. isn't going to happen. I was with, because uh, I've just been out driving a car this week with and seen a few industry colleagues, and one was talking about a... Um, a gift card, which I didn't realise you could get, is a gift. He said somebody gave him a gift card from Greg's. No. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking, crikey, as a road tester, as a present for a road tester, let's bang on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, crikey, that could do some damage to, <laughs> damage, damage to, the, to the waistline, I suspect. Yeah, but, but mess yeah, up crikey, the waistline. What an reason. idea. Yeah, what a nice idea that was. Um, <laughs> right, that brings us about uh, to the end of uh, today's podcast. We'll be back next week for episode... 13 I think of this now are we going to call it 13 no I just carry on I think I'm just giving I've, because it was going to be 10 episodes but as it turns out it's just endless we'll just carry on yeah. we'll just carry on I'm going to forget the numbers and carry on Okay. so uh, thank you Steve for joining us pleasure thank you listener for joining us remember you can write to us if you have correspondence autocar at haymarket.com is the email we have some My Week in Car mugs still to send out if you uh, send us a letter and uh, we read it out on the air you can find us at autocar.co.uk we are at YouTube where there is a review pretty much every week actually I've just uh, I drove recently a Theon design at Resto Mod Porsche 911 the re- supercharged 911 the review of up has gone up that's gone week. up is it yeah it just went up yesterday which is doing alright and uh, a few people going a supercharged 911 what are you thinking but the, hey it's built for a customer that's what he wanted and it's pretty good Space really in the engine good. bay, main thing. Space in the engine bay, yeah, exactly. Where, in fact, where the air conditioning pump was, they put the supercharger exactly where that was. So, um, anyway, you can find us on on YouTube. We're on all the social channels, and of course, Autocar Magazine, where you, you can find our columns exclusively. You won't find them anywhere else. We don't put them on the website. Autocar is available on digital subscription, and it's in the shops every week, as it has been since 1895. And on the subject of Christmas presents, it's that time of year. Why not buy your loved one? A subscription to the world's original finest most important car magazine still today who wouldn't want one who wouldn't want one of those Um, and until next week cheerio hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.